welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you from the Interaction Media studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with leaders in West Virginia business and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. For those of you joining us for the first time, we welcome you. We're glad you're tuning in on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And for those of you who are regulars, we thank you for supporting our podcast as we're in our third year running currently, and we really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. When we first started this podcast in 2017, it was a passion project. One of the things we uh, we really wanted to do was to encourage people our listeners, with these inspirational business stories. I see so many positive things happening throughout the state of West Virginia, especially in business every single day, and a lot of people never hear about those. My team at Interaction Media is working to change that with this podcast so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great career and business opportunities. I believe they're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are really getting that done each and every day. And I'm convinced we can learn a lot from their experiences and their stories. This week, I'm very excited. We have a special guest. We're going to visit with Commissioner Kent Leonhart with the West Virginia Department of Agriculture. Kent are you ready to get down to business? Let's get started. All right, Ken. I'm really excited to have you on this podcast to share your story this week. Kent Leonhardt, everyone, in case you didn't know, is the commissioner of the West Virginia Department of Agriculture, and that is a mighty big role that he plays. He was elected in November of 2016 and took office in January 2017. Kent is also a farmer operating a 380-acre farm near Fairview in Montegalia County, West Virginia. He raises sheep, cattle, goats, and hay, and he formerly served in the West Virginia State Senate for the 2nd District. He is retired from the United States Marine Corps as a lieutenant colonel. He holds a degree in wildlife management from the University of Missouri and an MBA from Central Michigan University. As many of you guys know, West Virginia has a long history of agriculture. Farming in our state dates back to the Native Americans and early European settlers. Today, West Virginia agriculture is really growing. Last year alone, the state's farmers produced $800 million in revenue in a wide variety of products from produce to livestock, from maple syrup to specialty crops such as industrial hemp. The West Virginia agriculture industry is continuing to expand and diversify so that it may meet the changing face of agricultural economy. Kent and his wife, Shirley, live on their farm in western Montegalia County, as I said, there near Fairview. They have three sons and six grandchildren. I invited Kent on the show today to talk about his experience as agriculture commissioner, to share his story as a farmer, and to give our audience some valuable insight into the current state of agriculture in West Virginia. Kent, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that very brief intro that I gave, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into who you are. Well, I'd be glad to, uh, Jim. I uh, 
you know, I got a passion for agriculture at a young age. I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up in the suburbs of New York City in northern New Jersey. But I ended up, uh, my parents bought an abandoned dairy farm in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And uh, we started running around the hills and going to the fairs and festivals. So I developed my passion. And I knew that eventually someday I'd want to have my own small farm. And I settled on West Virginia, and my wife's family was from the Petersburg area hmm. in West Virginia. So right. uh, she has West Virginia roots. Uh, so, But I bought my farm while I was still a young captain in the Marine Corps in 1982, and we just grew it. Uh, we started with 205 acres. The farm, when, we, when I retired from the Marines in 96, by then the farm had been abandoned from farming for 40 years almost. And so we started from scratch. We restored the house. We added uh, another 175 acres in two different purchases, and we had five additional leases. Hmm. So I know the struggles of what West Virginia farmers are uh, going through, and you know that's why I have a passion for this uh, this office to help our farmers. Now. The majority of the Department of Agriculture is a regulatory thing, and agriculture is pretty heavily regulated industry. But most people don't realize that most of those regulations come down from the federal government, but they're in response to consumer things. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to know that they can eat from a safe, affordable, and abundant food supply, yes. and they want a cheap food supply. And that has made our food systems in the United States very complicated, and we import an awful lot. Mm. But we also know that uh, every time food changes hands, there's a chance that for contamination. And what we want to do is, my goal is to shorten that length of, you know, from farm to table. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing a lot of that. You know, we started the initiative of the farm to tables at the state parks. We're doing a lot in the schools. But I like to tell folks that uh, agriculture in West Virginia is good health. First, it's good health for the citizens. Like I said, it's it's safer because it hasn't changed hands. It's fresher, so it's more nutritional. And then at the same time, if we can get our families eating more nutritionally, think of the savings we can have in healthcare costs, oh, yeah. not just in those paid by our government uh, under PEIA, which we've all heard has a lot of problems, mm -hmm. but also what you're paying for and your insurance cover, yeah, uh, coverage yeah, on the private side of side of things. Yeah. And it's also good health for the economy because those dollars are staying in West Virginia and those dollars are turning in West Virginia. And we know that the more dollars that are sold and done in, in any business in West Virginia, uh, it's good for the West Virginia economy. Yeah, and then today, yeah. in, in today's terms, we have uh, agriculture is good for the environment. It's healthy for the environment. You know, the modern high tunnels that's allowing us to ex extend our growing season uh, exposes less soil to the ground. You know, I've asked for, we've done some studies, you know, how many acres of a greenhouse can equate to how many field acres in California? So mm -hmm. one acre under of growing tomatoes in a greenhouse is equal to about 200 acres in the field. Wow. That's, that's a lot less exposed to the weather and runoff Oh yeah, uh, with precision agriculture. Hmm. Uh, so agriculture in West Virginia today is actually good health for the environment. That's awesome. And there is no industry in West Virginia that can claim good health for the citizen, hmm. the economy 
and the environment all at the same time. Incredible. And I'm very proud of the West Virginia farmers in that that area. So that's a that's a short, uh, you know, where my process yeah. is going as we lead the Department of Agriculture. And I've got that. a great yep. staff. My yep. my hats off to my staff. We've changed an organization that was primarily regulatory hmm. to an educate before we regulate. Kent, how many how many folks do you have on your team there? Uh, we, you know, obviously with people coming and going, we were about 290 wow. uh, people at, at the Department of Agriculture, ranging anything from forest health folks, plant industries people, people taking care of the burgeoning hemp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have chemists, biologists. Mm. Uh, we run the Cedar Lakes Conference Center uh, for the FFA, which, by the way, folks, FFA is growing in numbers now ffa is run by the department of education mm-hmm. but we have more students in ffa today than we did in 1960 and we have a smaller population well Kent, I think I, that's phenomenal it is phenomenal I, and i want to talk about that for a second because you know you're a real farmer and here you are leading a team of 200 plus in the Department of Agriculture, right? And right. you have a passion for this. It's clear. Anybody listening to this gets that. And you have an inside knowledge of agriculture and farming. What's the one thing that you're most excited about for West Virginia agriculture right now? Oh, gosh, there's so many things going on. But I would say that the uh, local food economy is probably my most uh, passionate thing. And you were there at the uh, country store at this at the state fair yeah and uh, we're doing a lot of value-added products the maple syrup industry is growing since i've taken office mm. uh we have i believe we've got more beekeepers and more hot beehives mm. Mm. Uh, i would much rather have west virginia honey than that bought off the grocery store shelf amen uh, i want i want to talk to that your grocery stores <laughs> buy west virginia honey for your stores <laughs> I want to talk about that for a second because that's actually you and I ran into each other and I want to tell our audience this brief story because it was really cool. It was in the summer of 2017. We, My wife and I, Rebecca, were at the state fair and we went into the um, the ag store building. That I'm not sure what they call that. What is that called? Is it the, it's the Gus R. Douglas building. The Gus R. Douglas, yeah. 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 So we went in there and, and I ran into you and, you and you had this story of this family farm that was producing maple syrup and they were exporting it to uh, China. And I, I, you, you, when I was hearing this, I was like, wait, wait what? You know? And you said, yeah, we have more maple trees in the state of West Virginia than they have in the entire state of Vermont. And they're known for their maple syrup. Why can't we be known for that here? Well, fast forward, I got home and I was talking with my wife and I said, you know, I want to start something where we can just change the narrative of West Virginia business. There's so many cool things out there. She said, why don't you do something about it? And so I started, based on that discussion that I had with you in that building at the State Fair 2017, is when we, you know, that that conversation prompted and birthed the idea of Positively West Virginia. So here we are, full circle, having you on as a guest. And I think that's really neat. And that first episode was indeed Family Roots Farm. 
And, uh, you know, that was pretty neat. Uh, uh, Brittany Hervey uh, was our first guest. And so that was back in January of 2018, January 17th, to be exact. So cool inspiration. I'm so glad that we had that conversation. And anybody who has not been to the State Fair recently, I encourage you to go. They're doing some amazing things. And Kent Leonhart is uh, right behind that, pushing that and leading the way uh, with agriculture and farming in West Virginia. So Kent, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that, thank you, uh, Jim, for that for mm-hmm. telling the folks that story. I mean, you humble me, but I mean, it it just goes to show that how just conversations yes. and being positive mm. as your as the namesake of your show, just being positive about what we have here in West Virginia. Yeah. We are so blessed with good people, abundant resources. Our water resources are phenomenal. Uh, we have beauty. There's no reason that using some innovative uh, techniques, uh, talking to each other and sharing, you know, what was what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. Uh, my whole my whole administration knows. You know, I don't care who gets credit for things. Mm. I want to make sure that it's successful. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets credit. Exactly. That, I love that and, philosophy and, for sure. And, and we got to break down what I call silos to use an ag term. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, there was, when I took office, I went around the state, we stopped and talked about 150, 200 different organizations, farms and groups, my staff, my deputy and I, and we started listening. And then we put together a strategic planning process and mm. did more town halls to hear what the citizens of West Virginia want and need. And then to take all these great groups that were doing super things, you know, with farmers markets or uh, trying to uh, start up uh, small agri uh, business co-ops around the state. Mm. We started trying to bring them together so they could share ideas. So they didn't repeat the mistakes uh, over and over again. You know, one starts up and then, uses somebody else, learn from that other person. Yeah. Sure. There is, you know, if we are consuming uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $8 billion worth of food in West Virginia, and we're producing about a, a billion now, it's hard to measure it all because you can't, and, and agricultural products, as we haven't really started counting the hemp, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of back, more backyard chicken flocks, there's some more on-farm stores. Sure. We're not getting that statistic, but I know, th- I know it's growing. Yeah. But... If we're sharing those stories, and if we have a $7 billion gap in what we grow and what we eat, there's plenty of business for everybody. Absolutely. Let's start talking and working together. Yep. Kent, I want to uh, take a minute to to recognize your military service. Thank you for your service. That's that's absolutely awesome. Uh, And I know that veterans... uh, have play a big part. You've got your hand in, uh, you know, launching some veterans initiative as it, as it relates to agriculture. There, you mentioned the farm to school movement. Uh, you know, talk about some of the things that you know since you've been in office. Some of the things that you're, uh, if you could, if you would, you know, I don't know if you, it's fair to classify them as your best moments, but some of the most influential things that have, that have gone on over the last couple of years since you've taken on the leadership of the department there at, uh, in agriculture? Well, uh, first off, I'm, I'm proudest of the employees at the Department of Agriculture because they have taken on this, they have uh, grasped the entire concept of educate before we regulate. Mm. We want to bring 
uh, agribusinesses, whether you be a farm or uh, a food processing plant or even you know a soft serve ice cream stand, we want to bring those uh, businesses and we want them to be successful. So we're trying to make sure that uh, everybody is complying. We don't want to be heavy handed. We want to be hammered. We want to bring. Uh, we want to make them successful, and we want to be a partner with those agribusinesses throughout the state. That's the first thing: is we change the attitude. Uh, we started looking at the regulations as they uh, as they took place. We had, for example, uh, the phytosanitary inspection process, where we look for invasive uh, insects before we and issue clear certificates uh, for the export of logs and and rough sawed timber. Hmm. And they were, we were, we heard that they were having troubles because it was getting bogged down. So we worked on the process and without regulation, just working on the process. The first year we issued a thousand more certificates than the previous year. And that's a general value of about $20,000 per container of wood that was being uh, shipped out of West Virginia. That's $20 million in revenue coming into the state of West Virginia. Wow. And we, and we, you know, we are so people that are worried about the trees being cut. No need to worry because when I took office, West Virginia was growing trees at two and a half times the rate of harvest. Hmm. That additional uh, board foot that went out of West Virginia didn't even touch the the beauty of our hillsides. Hmm. So we can we can double the timber industry in West Virginia without hurting our natural beauty. Hmm. So I want to let people understand that. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. It, it is huge and it's a renewable resource. It comes back. Uh, so that's one, those are the things that we're looking at at the Department of Agriculture. Yep. The Fresh Food Act that was passed last year, we're writing the rules right now. We're all state institutions at, at, uh, in the near future are going to have to buy at least 5% of their meals and the food, whether it be a school or a, a prison. Uh, they're going to have to buy. Five percent of the food from a West Virginia farm. That's huge. Mm. Uh, that's going to help make up that gap. There's room to grow that even more, but I wanted it to be down at that low level to make sure it was successful and we had it all in place. And we got buy-in from all the institutions around the state. You got to make these things work. You have to have buy-in from all the agencies, not those that just work for the Department of Agriculture, but those that work uh, within the gov- under the governor's purview like the school system and the prison system. Mm. We've got to make, everybody's got to buy in and say, we want to make this work for West Virginia. Absolutely. We want to help the West Virginia farmer. Absolutely. Uh, we've heard a lot of things that are going on. And then, you know, we've also started the national conference. I was so proud to be at the White House a couple of weeks ago for the signing of the USMCA, the US-Mexico-Canada agreement. Uh, I wrote an op-ed on the importance of that for agriculture, not only in the, uh, for our, our country, but that trickles down and helps West Virginia too. We published it on the department's uh, website, uh, social media site. The mm-hmm. White House saw it. They retweeted it out, called up, asked for permission. Can we use this to help get con- convince Congress to pass it? Obviously, we said yes. So when the, the deal was all done, I was so honored to get an invitation to be there while the president signed the agreement. So That's that was incredible. A, that was a, a, a great uh, a great feeling. Yeah, RSDTV has interviewed me twice, and I've been on the national scene twice with that, talking about how we have to make 
sure that our farmers have certain regulations, whether it be an EPA regulation or a, uh, a USDA regulation. We don't want somebody saying, you can't do that here in West Virginia, but you can do it over in Colorado. It's got to be a level playing field sure. across yeah. across the country. Yeah. You know, farmers already have certainty in weather. We already have certainty in uncertainty in market conditions. At least give us certainty in regulations so that we don't have to fight that battle uh, as we've seen happening around the, uh, you know, so many times. So those are the type of things that we have to make sure that, you know, the farmers have some certainty somewhere. Yeah. That's, so those are things that we're very proud of. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I work with, we could probably, ahead. we could probably go on for two hours of, of the accomplishments, but I, I love that you were able to capitalize that, that uh, some of those top things. And I, I really like that. Kent, I want to take a quick second just to mention some of the sponsors that we have for Positively West Virginia. And they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media, the financial support we receive from these companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Once again, our guest today is a very special guest, Kent Leonhart. He is the secretary or the uh, commissioner of the West Virginia Department of Agriculture. Kent, I want to get right back into it. Talk, you know, we just talked uh, uh, for a few minutes there about some of the highlights, the accomplishments you've had in office over the last several years. What's the vision that you have for the West Virginia Agriculture Department long-term? Well, we want to keep moving down the path that we've started. We want to help agribusinesses grow. We want to see uh, more food manufacturing uh, factoring come into the state or processing, because that's like a that's sort of like a manufacturing job, whether yeah. it be in aseptic milk or yep. in uh, freezing uh, vest, fruits and vegetables. Uh, we'd love to see small dairies come back. We have... Uh, uh, going through the rules right now where we'll allow pasteurization to take place on the farm rather than all the milk having to be shipped to a large processing hmm. uh, facility. And that way the, you know, people can know their farm and know their food. We want the citizens to know where their food is coming from. We want to encourage healthy diets and we want to do those healthcare savings that we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the, in the podcast. Yeah. Those are the type of things we want to just keep moving down the path that we're going. And then we want to help burgeoning industries. We want to make sure that if you want to get into the hemp industry, you can be successful. Uh, we want to help our citizens, our farmers work through the regulatory process and make sure it, it works for them because you know, a lot of these regulations, they aren't affecting the small farm directly, but what they're doing is, they allow you to sell interstate or uh, internationally because mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, like I said, the consumer. Think about the people want to have traceability in their food. The recent romaine lettuce uh, outbreak, mm-hmm. the grocery stores, if they could not trace back that outbreak to a specific farm and track down all that product, everybody would have had to pull romaine lettuce off the shelves. Even a small farmer would have a, that's growing it for a farmer's market would have had to pull it off the, off the shelves. That just doesn't make any sense, where. does it? Yeah. Right. So the, the industry is, uh, the food industry is going to traceability. It saves them money. It's healthier for our citizens. It's more economical and it allows the West Virginia farmer to get into that interstate or even international 
wow. uh, business. So it's very important. So people need to understand understand that. And a lot of it's educating the, the public on, you know, what does the Department of Agriculture really do? Yeah. Well, you mentioned... I mean, it's not just farms. Yeah. Well, Kent, you mentioned uh, burgeoning industries such as the hemp industry. And I was surprised to know that in 2019, the total hemp production in West Virginia, like quadrupled, right? There's like 130 some farmer, 132 farmers in West Virginia growing industrial hemp, 640 some acres. What Can you talk a little bit about what what's precipitating that and where that's all going? Well, obviously there's been a lot of excitement around a new, uh, a new crop. Mm-hmm. 2014, uh, it was legalized for research and development uh, under uh, an education program or departments of agriculture. The Department of Agriculture in West Virginia decided to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 28. Uh, we had 28 growers my first year in office. Uh, and as you said, it quadrupled, basically. And actually, it even more than doubled that for the next year coming up because we had 456 applicants for growing Jeez. and processing in the state. Wow. Uh, huge burden on my staff, obviously. We've yeah. done great work. We didn't get any funding from the legislature till last year, till hmm. this fiscal year, to start helping with uh, the management of that program. Because unlike corn and soybeans, it is a federally regulated crop and has to meet certain criteria. Mm-hmm. So that's a challenge in itself. But... I think the market's going to tell us where it's going to go. People talk about the fiber being the big thing, mm-hmm. uh, which like it was back in the old days before it was uh, illegal because it was made used for ropes and they used it in yeah. flak jackets yeah. and they were running out of cotton. They were using it as a, so that's where hemp became big. And, but now it seems to be the uh, CBD oil uh, that is the uh, driving force. And that plant while related to the, fiber plant they're all in the same family they all have low thc levels but they all you get more the plants are a little bit different Hmm. Uh, the cbd oil plants are shorter less fiber uh more oil to be extracted Hmm. whereas the fiber plants are taller so yes you can use it interchangeably but as the farmer learns what his market is he's going to grow for that market Mm. CBD is the big place right now. Yep. And a lot came onto the market. It's all new. Prices collapsed, dropped in half this past year. But I think over time, you'll see, you know, just like any any business, it'll level out once people figure out what's – we're going to have the farmers that, that do well with it are going to stay in business, and the farmers that tried it, and eh, it's not for me, they're going to go back on to doing something else. Yeah. It's going to level out, but – we're here. We're here to to help the farmer rate, uh, work through those regulations yeah. and figure out what's going on. Yep. So, Kent, how do how do you attract people into agriculture? Young people, especially. I know we have uh, a lot of young people listening to the show just for inspiration on business ideas and that kind of thing. You mentioned Future Farmers of America. What are what other kinds of programs are you initiating to get young people involved? Well, one of those is, uh, and we work in cooperation with uh, WVU Small Farms Conference, and we're putting on a small farms conference. Uh, actually, it's going to start later this week in a winter blues market here in Charleston uh, on Saturday where people can buy West Virginia grown product. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to make sure that there's a market 
if there's a market, then people mm. that, if they can make a living at it, then the people will come. That's yeah. one way. The other yeah. way is uh, we've got a great workforce in our veteran population. They're coming back. Many of them are separating from the service. Not sure what they want to do. So we're trying to introduce them to agriculture to see if that's something that they would be interested in. And we also know that some of our veterans have the unseen wounds of war and uh, agriculture is actually a healing process. So we're doing work with the uh, VA hospital on, uh, on, on that, but we're also trying to bring, uh, just introduce people like myself. Mm -hmm. I was introduced to farming at a young age. I was not growing up on a farm and it developed my passion. Therefore I believe other people will do the same. So it's just a matter of uh, getting people interested. And then the biggest challenge that we're trying to work with the legislature on and talking to the leaders around the state is the biggest uh, obstacle for a young person to get into agriculture, not only making sure there's a market there, but is access to capital to get started. Mm, mm. And that's something that we need to work on. And so if legislators listening into this podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, please work with me on this. We've got to get find a way to get capital. Uh, we're starting to work on business plans to show how people can actually make a living uh, on a, on just a few acres. Because uh, a bank's not going to loan money unless they know they can, they're going to generate an income to pay it back. Absolutely. I, I, you mentioned F, FFA, and of course 4-H is a big part 4-H of that. 4-H too. Yeah, yeah, that's it, gro- they're it, growing too. It, they're doing a great job. And, and, and there's nothing like the look on a young person's face, that pride and, and joy that they have when they're showing one of their animals or uh, something like that at a county fair or state fair. It's just incredible. And I, I personally didn't grow up around a farm, but it's just it's so impressive that these young people are, are, are getting in at an early age and they're they're learning farming and they're they're you know it, maybe it's a generational thing and that kind of thing. So it kind of leads me to my next question, which is, you know, you yourself are a farmer. And you are leading the state's agriculture department. What's one piece of advice you would give to young farmers, uh, maybe some agribusiness entrepreneurs in West Virginia? What's one piece of advice you would give to them as they're thinking about starting something or getting involved or maybe even staying involved with their family farm? Well, number one, I would start small until you find out that it's something that you enjoy and that you're good at and, and have it grow. Uh, that's one of the one of the most more important things, particularly with the access to capital being so uh, difficult mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Start small and grow into it. But then also go talk to your neighbors that are successful. Uh, go up and talk to Family Roots Farm that you mentioned earlier and see what they're doing. I'm sure they'll share their knowledge. Uh, they're great people. Uh, go talk to uh, the other neighbors. I mean, I, I started before the local food revolution and I went and talked to my neighbors. I mean, how do I build a fence? How do I do this? You know, mm. uh, and don't spend a lot of money on equipment initially. Uh, you know, go very, don't go overboard on capital mm-hmm. uh, assets. Start small. You can do it. It can grow. And then start looking for those markets. Talk to people what they want. Go to a farmer's market and and see what's selling and see what people want. And then just slowly build your business uh, from there. Yeah, uh, this is opportunity. That's great advice. I mean, that's absolutely great advice. And so that got me thinking as you're, as I'm listening to your response to that question, you know, if, if you had say an acre of ground, right? 
is that is that enough land to get started doing something to just kind Absolutely. of dabble in it? What would you what would you do if you had an acre of land? Just I mean, I, <laughs> what what would I do? Yeah. The first thing I would do is I go down to the uh, uh, USDA Natural Resource Conservation Service, tell them what I'm planning on doing, and and ask for some assistance in putting up a high tunnel. Okay, so I can extend yeah. the growing season. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! So, and I'd start uh, growing uh, vegetables and fruits inside there. I'd probably put some fresh, uh, like raspberries or blackberry plants or blueberry plants outside the high tunnel as well, and start developing that market. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'd consider a pick-your-own uh, operation. Uh, now, don't get me wrong; none of this stuff is easy. <laughs> this is you got it it's hard work you make it sound easy <laughs> i make that's why i'm trying to caveat this i mean i've got i got calluses and twists on my hands oh from, i from love the work it. Yeah. it yeah it's a labor of love and, absolutely you know i don't i'm not well i am now as a commissioner uh sitting in an office a lot but i do go out and talk to farms yeah. and other other groups but our farmers, they want to be outside. They want to. Mm. They don't want to be behind the desk. And the same way with a lot of our veterans after their experiences, yeah. they want to be outside. They want to be in the fresh air. Yeah. They want to. They want to. They want to see that new life, whether it be a crop coming up out of the ground or a brand new lamb or calf. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. It's a different mindset. Some of the things. you know we have a, a very vibrant um, farmers market, especially in the in the uh, you know during the season, spring, summer, fall here in Morgantown, and there are vibrant farmers markets all across the state of West Virginia. But one of the things that's neat about going to you know we, my wife and I go down on a Saturday and we'll take take Dylan uh, my my son down and we'll. Uh, and we'll just you just talk to the farmers. I mean, they're honest people, and just like you said, they're going to help help you understand where your food's coming from, the fact that you can support these local folks, and and really know where your food is, you know, being sourced from, and the care and love that's being put into it. I think that's extremely important. Not to mention the fact that you're helping support the local economy as well, right. and uh, and and creating those opportunities for young people. My my daughter, uh, you may not know this, but her degree is in agribusiness from West Virginia University. And so that's, you know, she, she grew up in, uh, around horses, and that's her big thing is the equestrian side, not necessarily the, the food side. But she is, uh, you know, she is a hunter-jumper and loves to, uh, to go to shows and all that kind of stuff. She, not, so, not so much anymore right now, but uh, when she was younger, for sure. Mm-hmm. Kent, what's one thing that you do every day that you think contributes to uh, your success personally? Well, I talk to my leadership staff. Uh, on almost a daily basis, you know, mm-hmm. what are we doing? What do we need? Where do I need to interject? What do I need to help? How can I help them do their job? Mm-hmm. And uh, they fill me in on what they're doing, and they'll ask for guidance sometimes. And which way do you think we should go? Mm-hmm. And then every day, I try to make some type of contact with somebody that's not in the department, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's responding to an email or even somebody on Facebook. Uh, that's asked a question and give them that personal response from the commissioner uh, because I do work for all the citizens because most people don't realize is I'm elected. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not an appointed. There's 12 commissioners of agriculture in the country that are that are elected by the citizens and the other 38 are appointed by the government. Oh, I didn't know that. Which, wow. which is a different relationship with uh, the governor's office than, you know, if you're elected, I'm working for the people. Whereas if you're appointed by the governor, you have to 
the will of the governor. Now, I have got to get along with the governor, obviously, and I work with the governor because mm-hmm. you know, my budget goes through the legislature and mm-hmm. then the governor's office. He has the you know, veto or signs the budget. So mm-hmm. it's very important. And there's things that we work we work on together. But the fact is, I do work directly for the citizens of West Virginia. So I like to hear what they're, they're saying. And I like to be engaged with uh, today in my office is FFA day. And I had two different classes come into my office and they asked me questions and they uh, asked me for ideas on their speech hmm. contest and things of that. Oh, that's cool. Do. Yeah. So uh, talking to our youth is, is one of the greatest joys of, of this job. That's awesome. Kent, what's one book or podcast that you'd recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, especially in the uh, agribusiness sector? Well, obviously, I got to say positively West Virginia for the <laughs> podcast uh, <laughs> uh, because we want, it's not just the agricultural side of it is it's having that positive mental attitude yeah. uh, going forward. Mm, and huge. as mm. far as books are concerned, there's so many of them out there. Um, you know, you have great authors like Joel Salatin out there that have talk uh, the regenerative type of agriculture. And, you know, there's always a tug and pull between the organic farmer and the conventional farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the hardest challenges that I've had, uh, and I think we're doing pretty well, is how do you allow the old way of doing business to continue yet usher in the new? Mm. There's a lot of folks that, you know, aren't connected on the internet. They can't go do that research like uh, some of our young folks that have grown up with computers do. Uh, how do you usher in the new era of agriculture and still preserve the old way of doing business? Yeah. That's been one of the biggest challenges that we've had. I think we're being successful at that, but it does take uh, a little extra work. And we have to keep that in mind when we talk to folks. Yeah. Kent, we've covered a lot in this interview. Is there anything else you think our listeners should know about your story and what you're doing in the Department of Agriculture? I guess I would just encourage people to think about the local food economy. Encourage your school, local school boards uh, to get more involved in the Farm to School program. Now, that's run by the Department of Education, supported by, obviously, the Department of Agriculture. But go out to our state parks. Our state parks uh, came up with that idea to do that. They do one dinner a year at those state parks that have kitchens. Go encourage them to go go visit one of those. I've had every, I haven't made every one of them obviously, but the ones I've gone to, I've had a great evening mm. uh, of great West Virginia grown food and uh, meeting new people. Uh, go to those dinners. Uh, go to the farmers market. You, you go to that, you've probably seen, you go to the farmer's market every Saturday, you're going to see not only the same farmers, but you're going to see the same shoppers. Mm-hmm. And yep, you're going to develop true. friendships that yeah. uh, through that. Yeah, it's community. I mean, it's, it's, it is community. it's great. It's and great. that's the sense that we have to get back here yeah. in West Virginia, a sense of community and a sense of working together. Yeah, that's great. In closing, Kent, how can our listeners learn more about the West Virginia Department of Agriculture, and maybe even get in contact with you? Well, uh, you can obviously Google West Virginia Department of Agriculture and go to our website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can contact us through there. Uh, we have offices uh, in various places, but we have an office in Moorfield that supports the Chesapeake Bay watershed area and the poultry industry, and among other things. Uh, I've got offices up in Guthrie 
and right here at the Capitol. During a legislative session, I'm usually here. Come on by my office. I'm I'm glad to talk to any citizens that have questions or concerns. That's great. And we'll make sure we have links to all that stuff in the show notes section of PositivelyWV.com. Kent, it's, Right, and there is a yeah, Facebook yeah. account for the department. Oh, so. cool. Yeah, we'll make sure we have a link to that, too. Kent, it's been a real honor to have you on the show today. Uh, like I said at the uh, at the beginning of the show there, if it wasn't for that conversation we had, I don't know that uh, Positively West Virginia would have ever taken, you know, gotten hold and became a thing. And so I really am appreciative of you for that. I think what you're doing is really great. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jim. And I'm glad you took the bull by the horns and are doing this. Uh, Let's inspire other people to do the same. Have an idea and go for it. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media as we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the mountain state, just like my friend Kent Leonhardt, who is the commissioner of the Department of Agriculture at West Virginia. Our hope is that we in some way inspire and motivate our audience by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, positivelywv.com. We appreciate all of your comments and encouragement as well. And, uh, and if you feel up to it, please you know, share these stories on your social media channels and give us a review on, on uh, your favorite podcast channel as well. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.